Hello and welcome to Sketch in Review. Uh, your uh, we I'm gonna call it weekly, even though it's not weekly. It's whenever SNL it's is on. It's, it's weekly. Yeah, it's weekly in the same sense that SNL is weekly. Uh, where we review uh, the episodes of SNL. Uh, this episode is uh, originally aired on December 11th. We're gonna call it. Uh, 2021, uh, starring host Billie Eilish and musical guest Billie Eilish. So, uh, Billie Eilish pulls double duty, and... It's like when they do that. Yeah, listen, it's, SNL's always good for one or two, what's that, one or two, uh, a, one or two a season where they do, uh, a double feature, they had Nick Jonas last year and Harry Styles the year before that. Uh, it's always fun when it happens. Just yeah. Oh, Chance did it too at one point. Okay. Uh, anyway, this is also an important episode because it's the episode Kate McKinnon comes back uh, hey. from from filming Tiger King. The the biopic movie, not not anything to do with the actual documentary Tiger King. Uh, and oh boy, is this a very Kate McKinnon episode. <laughs> uh, so let's just jump right in. Uh, first thing we get is uh, Dr. Fauci, as of course played by Kate McKinnon. Uh, uh, doing uh, a redo uh, from last year. Of the National Institute of Health, uh, improv comedy based around COVID is like the best way to describe <laughs> it. Fauci introduces people, uh, introduces uh, the, them as uh, the National Institute of Health players, uh, and then they put on like weird after-school skits about COVID, and then the joke is that they go in a horribly wrong direction. That's right. I, I liked the sketch a lot when it came out last year. I also liked it this year. I think it's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great time. Oh. I uh, Kate McKinnon does a great job as Fauci. <laughs> the the sketches are they're fun. I mean, the, there's there's not much to say about it. It's just it's it's a good time. Uh. Mm-hmm. It was it it's a great time. It really makes use of uh, it really makes use of their huge cast that they have right now because yeah. every single person can get a quick two-line little joke in. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it also, it doesn't suffer so much from the where are we going, everything's confused when you throw in, like, out-of-left-field jokes. Like, one of them is uh, uh, the Mile High Christmas where mm -hmm. uh, they they do a bad uh, a misunderstanding about COVID and they do a sex joke. And you know what? Yeah. Oh, and it's a and it's a weird sex joke that goes in three different directions. And you know what? Whatever. Fine. It was fun. Yeah. All of those directions were fun. It all was two lines. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All of those directions were fun, and it was done in ten seconds. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, my uh, my three three big shoutouts are uh, first one is the Santas whose balls grew because of the <laughs> vaccine. Uh, to the size of quote unquote grapes. <laughs> uh, uh. The Cuomos who lost their job due to COVID. 
Oh. And then the big one. Uh, the big one uh, of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert as played by Cecily Strong and Chloe Feynman. And uh, so normally we record on Sundays. We're recording this one on Monday because of our schedules. Uh, and so I was able to scour around the internet to see some fun stuff that happened because of this episode. And uh, apparently Lauren Boebert uh, put out a little tweet that was like, she has bad trigger discipline. <laughs> that was one of the complaints, was that she has bad yeah. trigger discipline on a prop gun that is that definitely doesn't even fire. Well, no, but that's the joke. She wants to... Yeah, yeah, like, that too, that too. They're both pointing guns at each other's heads because they're idiots. <laughs> Ma'am, they're making fun of you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's... They, uh, she, she calls Chloe Feynman a no-name actress... Which, like, listen, listen, is Chloe Feynman in, like, big pictures right now? No. Will Chloe it's Feynman... It's just a hell of a word from a no-name congressman. Yeah. A. <laughs> B. Uh, will Chloe Feynman be in a ton of pictures in the next ten years? You can bet your ass. <laughs> That's right. Will you have a job in ten years? Mm, you might not even have a job in one year. That's a good point. <laughs> uh... Fucking... I really liked the show until it became political. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the second... And then, you know, uh, so... One sec, because it isn't often that we get to do this. So let me just let me just shut off the rational part of my brain for a second. <laughs> oh, Lord, what are you, triggered? What are you, triggered that they, caught, that they made fun of you on SNL? Look at you, you fucking snowflake. <laughs> Oof. Oh, it's so funny to me how thin-skinned the oh, yeah. the party of personal responsibility can be. <laughs> also, <laughs> also how little the personal the how little how... personal responsibility goes towards taking responsibility for anything. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, we got a job to do. Yeah, we got a job to do. <laughs> I got some pasta for Jules to make. And listen, listen, we're both sellouts, so if any Republican PAC wants to pay us millions upon millions of dollars <laughs> to, to, just oh, yeah. be, to just be like, it wasn't funny. In a second. In a second. In a second. <laughs> In a... <laughs> millions of dollars, try thousands. I'm telling you. <laughs> No, 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 we gotta start at millions so we get thousands. <laughs> this is why I'm the negotiator. <laughs> you make a good point. Alright, alright, moving, moving back, uh, moving forward, we've got uh, Billie Eilish's monologue. Uh, so I'm a big monologue hater. Generally, every monologue isn't good to me. I like this one. I think it was good. Uh, I think it, was, it had a fun story to tell and then a good callback joke. And then the rule of threes, and then we're good. We got in. I mean, I'm and a monologue apologist, but I also liked it. Mm hmm. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, Billie Eilish comes out and tells us that when she was nine years old, her mom wrote a film about her, about her own life. Uh, she cast herself as the mother figure, she cast her son as her son. And then didn't have a daughter so that she wouldn't have had to have cast someone over Billie Eilish. And 
This listen, I think the episode as a whole is good. Billie Eilish is not a good actress at the moment. There's she, listen. Here's the thing. She's 20 years old. She has It's true. She has years and years to become a good actor. And plus she's going to be making music for the next 40 plus years minimum anyway. So it's not like she's yeah. not going to have a chance again to do it. But oh boy, did she kind of prove her mom right. Right <laughs> she absolutely fucking crushing. Mm. Uh uh, so, uh, there was a, also a solid Little Rascals reference of being two kids in a trench coat. Uh, yeah, everybody, everybody loves the two kids in a trench coat gag. Mm, I've, I've never seen anyone not love that bit. Absolutely. Uh, and I've then... never trusted anyone that doesn't love that <laughs> bit. Uh, and then we just get a quick little Jost roast. I'm always down for a little roast of Jost. Oh, man, any, any time's a good time mm-hmm. for a Jost roast. I saw. I also saw on the internet. Someone's like, "Do you think that they're like maybe going a little too hard on Colin Jost?" Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I was like, "No, he, listen, listen, fucking Connecticut blue blood Colin Jost yeah. <laughs> does not does not need your sympathy." That's right. Colin Jost can and does take it every time. Listen, if they were doing it to like Melissa Villasenor or Punky Johnson or Andrew Dismukes, you might have like. A leg to stand on that maybe this yeah. is a little mean-spirited, but... <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you can ask, Oh man, I really hope this person wrote this one because it goes a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> but call it Joe's, come on. <laughs> come on. Alright, so, uh, next up we have... Uh, first up is the Christmas Cards sketch. Uh, quality, yeah. quality SNL sketch. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh... I forgot about this one, but you're right. I I uh I didn't hate this at all. Solid. Listen, it does it does what SNL does best: the character carousel. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. And all and listen, listen. It's a good framework for the same joke of all these wacky characters. And listen, they're always yep. new jokes, so it's never a hate. It's just this is the framework for like all of the sketches that work in the modern era. <laughs> at least for the most part, there are some that work despite itself, but yeah. The ones that SNL will always nail are you set up a framework. This one is look at all these Christmas cards we have. And the and the crazy characters are just the people that you get Christmas cards from. So you have yep. the ultra Christian family, uh, first kid family, Hunter, uh, your cousin who hunts Buck in Wisconsin. Uh, uh, a few more that are fun. Uh, and then my favorite... Oh, the dentist was a good time, because uh-huh. uh, you always get fucking cards from your dentist for some reason. Well, because they gotta remind you to go to the dentist. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't. Mine texts got... me every three months. <laughs> I got a call while I was on the roof, um, uh, uh, and uh, it was just like, they were going in and out. And I was just like, yeah, and, and I was I was very politely answering every single question, and they were going in and out and couldn't hear. Oh, sorry, no, they could hear me. I was going in and out for them. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, do you want to you want to reschedule? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, sorry, I can't hear you. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't have a dentist appointment right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they hung uh, up and didn't call back. <laughs> Thought I was fucking with them. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, so I think this is a good time to put out that, um, Andrew Dismukes might be a chameleon. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Because listen, when I first when I first saw him, he looked like a distinct person, and then the second time I saw him, he looked like John Mulaney. And then in this Christmas card sketch, he looks like he could actually just be Aristotle's teenage son. Oh yeah, it was it was uncanny how perfectly it's, they looked like each other. It's wild how many people Andrew Dismukes can look like. <laughs> uh, uh, so there was also uh, a fun little cameo. Uh, from mm. SNL, which was Miley Cyrus came on. Yeah, and I didn't know. I thought someone just played Miley Cyrus, and then at the end, Miley was standing, or either Miley or somebody was standing there in the Miley costume, so I just assumed it was Miley Cyrus. It was, it was Miley Cyrus. So this this is for a few things. One, Pete Davidson and Miley Cyrus are hosting one of the uh, New Year's Eve like shows. Oh, that's fun. Uh, so, so that, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Listen, Pete Davidson's gonna be a great entertainer for it. Miley will, Miley will provide, uh, songs, and then, you know, they do concerts all over. I think they're, I think they're down in Miami specifically. So, you know that they're gonna get wild. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're gonna get Uh, So I will, so I will point out is that, like, so, I'm a big wrestling fan, and in professional wrestling, they have the dirt sheets. Because professional wrestling is apparently the only business left where people just leak shit about their company and don't get fired for it. <laughs> so, like, there's a huge industry of, like, you leak shit to the dirt sheet sometimes, but then you also sometimes leak, like, false information and shit. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is, if anyone can point me to an SNL dirt sheet, I would love to read it. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but, uh, so, like, you know, I'm on the SNL subreddit and stuff, and I see... Uh, some SNL Insider Twitter that says, like, SNL Insider, basically. Just as, like, rumor has it that, uh, there's gonna be a cameo tonight. And I'm like, this is the second time that they've done it, because for Sarah Sherman's bit also, they had a post that was like, rumor has it, Sarah Sherman will be debuting at the Weekend Update desk. (laughs) Which... It's a very boring rumor has it. Right? Right? Rumor has it there'll be a cameo tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and the fun part was they gave like a list of criteria for it. Uh, and everyone on the internet was like, Alicia Keys. <laughs> 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 and fucking missed that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so after we get the Miley cameo and the chameleon dismuke, uh, during the chameleon dismukes, uh, Billie Eilish... Plays just like your classic caddy friend from high school who you don't like. Yeah. Who, like, you are just, like, aggressively competitive with for no reason. Yeah. One of her best performances of the night, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, solid. yeah, it was super... That was one of her, like, more solid uh, roles for the night. Uh, uh, Kate McKinnon plays uh, your weird mom's friend who's always alone in thanksgiving uh in christmas cards on some random vacation uh that was fun she listen she plays kooky real well yeah and i think it's unfair to be so harsh on like oh kate mckinnon's in every sketch because also she wasn't in the first like five or six episodes yeah i mean i yeah i I wouldn't be harsh on her for that Mm -hmm. especially because you know you you come to miss her (laughs) Yeah, listen, listen, she saved, she saved at least one sketch, so... Yes. I don't know if we think this is the same sketch, though. 
This that'll be fun. That'll be fun to find out. I don't know. Uh, all right. So next up is uh, a pre-record, uh, and this one is uh, weird. It's it's like a little weird. They uh, so what they did is they bring the aspect ratio so that it looks like you're scrolling on a phone. Oh, I hate this one. Really, you hate this one. Uh, there's okay. So there's two jokes in it that I thought were really solid. Um, it was very long, but I'll, yes. I'll let you get to the, the rundown. So, uh, the rundown of it is basically, uh, POV, you're scrolling through TikTok. That's, that's the entire video, and, uh, this is just another character carousel done, uh, the framework this time is just tic- think people you'd see on TikTok. Uh, and yep. they do some good stuff. Uh, I know Keenan Thompson's is a direct parody of someone on TikTok, uh, I know Pete Davidson's Island Boys were a direct parody. Uh, and I'm not sure about anyone else, whether or not it was just, like, a generic riff or, like, a specific person. Uh, there was... So, I think there was some good rule of threes in this sketch, at least. Uh, there was uh, the taking out the trash. So, it starts with uh, his dad texting... Uh, is that texting uh, him, uh, texting the main character POV to be like, take out the trash. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And instead he opens up TikTok. And then he gets a second te- text message of, did you take the trash out yet? He says, yes. And then he gets, because my dad, uh, listen, listen, I was a shithead teen too. So I know exact, so I know, so I've had this almost exact same conversation where, but like, instead of being on TikTok, I'd be like out with my friends and I wouldn't have done something that I was supposed to do before I left. And he'd be like, did you do the thing? And I'd be like, yeah. And then he'd send me a picture of the fucking thing and not done. (laughs) I'd be like, no. (laughs) Oh. Oh. So this was, uh, I, I think actually, um. This might just be a weird situation where um, SNL did a bunch of bits where the like body of the sketch was not very entertaining to me, but it had a bunch of really good punchlines, which is very rare for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really liked the payoff of the did you turn in the garbage thing, uh, take out the garbage thing, uh, to turn in the garbage. Yeah, did you turn in the garbage? <laughs> Uh, uh, where it ends with, uh, with the, the main character's dad, um, doing a TikTok about how his child will not take out the garbage. I... And then, like, that was really funny. I, I really, really wish that the sketch ended there. I did too, I did too. I think, I think there were some good, mm-hmm. I think there were some good payoffs after that, but I, I think the set, what annoyed me about this sketch was that mirroring... Like, doing a style parody of, like, just, like, making TikToks that look like TikToks isn't funny to me. (laughs) It was just making not as good as TikTok TikToks. But then once, like, you did the jokes, the jokes were good. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really long sketch where I had to watch you guys pretending to be TikTok stars, watching you old-ass people pretending to be TikTok stars. (laughs) (laughs) And then... The, the, but, but again, I like the payoff of the of the Billie Eilish nurse one, where um, the person that died in the last one comes back to life and starts uh, dancing. Like mm-hmm. that's a good one. I more than anything, I love the one where the uh, 
dress uh Blake Lively the, the Blake Lively conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, Blake Lively conspiracy where originally it's like I can't stop uh, I love this dress. I can't stop talking about this dress. This dress is the Illuminati. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Best part of the sketch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listen, there were a lot of like I said there were a lot of good rule of threes in this. They could have cut some of the fat. Yeah. But all in all, I think this was a good sketch. Not the not the bear sketch. Not gonna win sketch of the night. Wouldn't win sketch of the night on any other night either. But like just like a good yeah. mediocre Melvin of a sketch. I didn't like it, but there was stuff in there I really did like. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I would like to point out that this is one of the this is one of uh, the sketches. I think it works better than some of the other sketches tonight, specifically because Billie Eilish doesn't have to act in this sketch. She has to do a dance, and they can film it. Uh, I will point out all the times where they did something so she didn't have to act. And listen, it's a little... Unnecessarily cruel, but... It's a little mean, but it's important to note. (laughs) It is, it is. Uh, Listen, speaking about little... Uh, Here's one thing that should be said. For for her weakness in this area, she does... Oh, listen, I'm going to have an entirely different, different tone and, like, love for Billie Eilish when, it, when we get to her musical performances. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just, I feel, I never like railing on someone that isn't Colin Jost. I, I just I, need to... <laughs> anyway, anyway, speaking of railing on someone who isn't Colin Jost, uh, next up is, oh my god, this sketch is bad. The nativity oh, scene boy. sketch. Oh, oh my god! Listen, listen. I can I can point out like two or three good things in this sketch, but all in all, absolute stinker of a sketch. Uh, so the entire gimmick is uh, Heidi Gardner and Billie Eilish are uh, directing a nativity scene that's going to be put on by a church. I can assume. Uh, yeah. For for like their Christmas pageant or Christmas whatever that they do, and they do a nativity scene with uh, with live actors, uh, and so they're doing a rehearsal for it, and they come in and they're like, oh, "We're gonna scratch everything that we've been working on, and we're gonna make it hip hop." Uh, and it's just, and it it never really ends up working. You get it. You get like a little bit of fun play when Chris Red, when Chris Red, the only person of color on that entire stage for that set, for that sketch, is like, "We're doing what now?" <laughs> but like, but like I didn't even, even then, like that, because I'm just gonna tell you, that is that's a that's an SNL joke they do all the time. I don't even think it's an SNL joke that Chris Red is new to delivering. Nope. But he delivered that line. Like, I was like, I don't know, Chris. I don't know if you know what hip-hop is. The way he said that. I don't know if he just hated the scene and wasn't into it. I don't know if he's having an off night. But Chris Red had the easiest joke in that scene. And he couldn't even deliver that one. No one was on their game in the scene except mm-hmm. for one fucking person. Heidi Gardner was out swimming in front of this boat, pulling it with her fucking teeth. <laughs> Heidi Gardner was everybody else it was like everybody else was actual children and Heidi Gardner was trying to get them to pull say their fucking lines (laughs) Heidi Gardner was quite literally 
up on that stripper pole doing a dance so that we would not be bored during this terrible scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, listen, I could I could go on about what happens in the scene, but it I don't even, like, care enough to... There were, the other good moment was watching Andrew Dismuke's twerk was funny. <laughs> I didn't even like that. I don't know, maybe just because I think Heidi he's Gardner, a heartthrob. How, how fitting for a Jesus sketch where Heidi Gardner had to die for its sins. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I don't... Uh, listen, like... Uh, it's just, it's such a bad, I don't even think, like, another host could help pull it together. No. I, I don't, I don't think there's any hope for this sketch at all. There's gonna be some people who are like, I loved it, I thought it was the best sketch of the night. Those people are wrong. I don't say that often about best sketch of the night, but there are wrong choices. Devastating. Connor, Connor has made wrong choices for sketch of the night. No, I've only made right choices for sketch of the night. Uh, anyway, so so because because of this sketch, we are introducing a new award. It's not an award that's gonna be that's not gonna be given pretty often. It's not in every show. It's not in every show award. But uh, this wins cake sketch of the week. It's a yep. sketch that made us hate so much that we can't even describe it well. We just need to hate. Much like the cake sketch from Simu Liu's episode. Oh boy. That one also retroactively wins cake sketch of the week. <laughs> uh so so after we get that sketch, we move on to uh an, another pre-tape uh called Lovely Night. Uh or Lonely Night. Cute. Lonely Night. It was cute. So it starts off as like a very cute, wholesome uh like, young teenager says Merry Christmas to an old woman who lives across the high-rise and invites her over to dinner. And that's, like, the first 20, 30 seconds. And then, uh, slowly but surely, the old woman character, played by Kate McKinnon, uh, slowly turns out to be eviler and eviler and eviler and just less like an cute old woman. It starts by her asking if there are any black people are going to be there, if there are going to be any Jews. Uh, she says that her family's dead to her, at least, because they voted for Hillary. <laughs> uh, listen, there were, it, there were just a lot of quality jokes in there. It's a very reading-heavy sketch. Which, which is, like, an awkward thing to say, but it is, like, it's super heavy on the reading aspect of watching TV. It's not a new sketch concept, though. It's to, not. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I thought we were going to go super dark um, in that they were just going to invite a nice old lady and then accidentally kill her. <laughs> yeah, but listen, listen, this is, this was good, uh... I yeah, no, it, it yeah. Listen, it works great. Uh, eventually, it brings in like the third act bump that it needed for the for like this instead of just her saying awful things. Now, also, she's taking care of someone who's sick, but when she leaves the room, he holds up his own note that says that she's making him sick. Yep. 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 I, the one problem. This sketch goes on too long. Yeah. It goes on way too long. It it overstays its welcome, and that's unfortunate because it's a fun sketch. And I think I think 
part of the problem with it running so long is that you eventually hit parts where it's like a mood whiplash. Where, where you're, where like, he, he's like, she's poisoning me. And then, like, obviously that's like, holy shit. And then she just comes back and she's like, you're making an old woman very happy. And she's like, aww. And it's like, well, she's still, like, no. she's still poisoning a man actively yeah. and you're watching it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like, I feel like, you know, this is just another one. Uh, apparently they cut... I read, uh, I read a bunch of people do, uh, like, dress rehearsal reports, where they talk about, like, oh, these are the sketches that didn't make it. Sure. Uh, and there was, like, a few sketches that got cut for time, like, more than even the ones that they released. I don't know if they've released them all or not, but there was, a f- like, there was, like, four sketches that got cut and, like, lines in the cold open that got cut. There was just too much. There was too... I think each sketch was too small... And, like, they just had too many of them, so they had to cut whole sketches and then extend other ones to make up the time. But I could also be entirely wrong. I have no idea how the SNL writer's room works. Neither of us have worked for SNL. Neither of us will probably work for SNL unless they stop being cowards. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of us work. Um, Neither of us. Hey, I have a job. I'm just joking. And, listen, if the Republican National Convention comes through, I'll have a second job. Wait, what? To pay us to say bad things about SNL. Oh, yes, yes, thank you. I'm sorry. That That's what we call a callback. That's right. <laughs> in the business. <laughs> the business. Uh, the business in which... <laughs> we are not. Mm-hmm. Sorry, anyway, keep going. Anyway, uh, so next up we get uh, Billie Eilish's uh, first song and uh so listen Billie Eilish I think does something that not a lot of other performers on SNL does which is that hmm oh well yeah yes host but but she did this when she didn't host also which is specifically like make one of her performances for the TV audience as opposed Mm. to for the because like a lot of a lot of performers and you'll see it is they sing their songs to the crowd they dance for the crowd, and then that's it. Uh, she did it in her first song, and in, when she did Bad Guy the first time she came on SNL. Uh, so for that one, she built a mini, uh, a mini Studio 8H in like a box, and mounted a camera right in front of it, and she performed at that camera, and then they just turned the box. It's oh. dope. It's dope. So she's going, so she's like dancing on the walls and then she's dancing on the ceiling. And, you know, it, it mimics the gravity fluctuating and it's dope. Uh, That's so much cooler than hotel room that gradually opens up to no longer be a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But also, but also, that was like all she worked on all week was getting that done then. And this week she had to host. Fair. So, so, so what we get this time, what we get this time is she's in what Connor calls a hotel room. Uh, I, listen, like, I, like, thematically, I think it was supposed to represent, like, inside yourself. And then as she starts to sing, she exposes herself to the audience. Mm. Especially, especially because both of those, both of those songs are breakup songs. 
Sure. And felt, and like, you know, was really like raw <laughs> and emotional. Yeah. Uh, so, I really, I, I listen, like, I, Bad Guy was an alright song. But, like, this song and the song that she performs the uh, for next, uh, the second time, yep. uh, I liked both of them a lot. Uh, I think yeah, I, no, I might have to start... Yeah. Go, like, I think I'm a Billie Eilish fan. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I have to, like, start putting her on my Spotify just to, like, try it out. Yeah. I wasn't as big a fan, but uh, it, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. I really like... I always like it, like... Uh, when uh when during someone's performance they just like you know dance around the stage and like you know show around with the yeah, band yeah show emotion that like she she's rocking out in like half of it just jumping up and down yeah like that's always fun to me mm-hmm. i would like that so now we move on to weekend update Qual- listen quality weekend update weekend update always going to be good this one no exception Yep. Uh, listen, there were a bunch. There's, uh, I really like Colin Jost's, uh, China joke. Where... (laughs) where... It's a very old joke. I Uh struggle with it. Uh, but it's, I can't say it's not a good joke. It's, it's such, it's, like, so easy. Every, uh, so many people have done it. So many people have done, like, takes on it. But it's still, it still, like, brings me, it's, it still brings me joy of, like, uh, what, like, remember your elders type of joke. Yeah. <laughs> Where, so the uh, entire joke is just Colin Joe says, I'm lucky NBC lets me say whatever I want about China. So China, and then it cuts to te- technical difficulties. Yep. It'll do. It'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, I will say... It's better than the alternative. Nothing's more frustrating than when you set yourself, when someone sets themselves up for a joke like that and then doesn't capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Because it's still a good joke. It's old, but it's good. Yeah. And it everyone <laughs> loves it. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Che had a solid uh, anime joke about how the first <laughs> Omicron case was from an anime convention. And that's the one, not the one time they go outside. <laughs> uh, Connor, you watch anime. How'd you feel about that joke? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, it's been a tough year. Uh, hasn't it? Uh, uh yeah, and then... bold of you to assume I go to conventions, though. Mm-hmm. Listen, Liz, I never said you went to conventions. There's a lot of people there. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. <laughs> oh, and Che with his Epstein joke. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, so... The entire joke is that uh, during the trial, it came out that uh, one of Epstein's victims was told that he needs to have sex three times a day, or else he'd kill himself. <laughs> Uh, I th- Norm Macdonald ass joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, the audience, the audience was kind of half in on it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I really enjoy it when we get those Norm Macdonald esque jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so our first featured segment is Punky Johnson. Yes. Punky is. Listen, uh, a lot of a lot of the featured performers do a lot of stand up. And so she, I, I assume that this is one of her stand-up bits that she rewrote to fit on Weekend Update. 
Uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, the idea yeah, that it was very strong. The, the idea that the best uh, the best potato salad is best made by salad. pain. <laughs> that is that is that is an improv like that is that's I that's such a rich vein. That's what what, what do we call it? delightful? That's mm-hmm. deli- there's there's so much room to play in that space, and even like. Mm-hmm. Michael uh, Che got to play in on it. It's like my oh yeah no my uncle does it too. He's lost his foot and then she's like oh that that I bet that tastes great. <laughs> it's just so yeah good. it's just just something so fun uh, when like you said there's just so much room in, in that. Uh, yeah. I also love that Che called her punk. <laughs> I think I I, I don't know. I think that it's just a lot of fun when you call it, like, I know that that's her name. Her name can be shortened to punk, but it's still yeah. so funny because it doesn't come off that way. <laughs> uh, well, and then and then the second half of her joke, which is that all of her kids need to be into girls, daughters and sons. <laughs> that's right. The, the family motto is if I'm smashing hoes, everyone's smashing hoes. <laughs> Quality, quality Just time. Two very fun, like two very fun bits. Played the right amount of time. Just very, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Can't say enough good things about it. Yep. Uh, uh, and then, <laughs> then we move to Andrew Dismukes's fun times with animals. <laughs> God, Andy's Andy's uh, Andy's animals or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Andy's fun animals or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so Andy's it, amazing animals. Yeah, Sorry. something like that. Uh, and fucking, and it starts, and, you know, it comes off as, like, a generic, uh, hey, I'm, like, Crocodile Dundee, uh, Andrew Dismukes is in this dumb tiger face paint, also, the entire time, to, to, like, you know, for, like, you know, it's how, like, you know, an animal handler would come out in something for, like, children. Yep. So, so he's in this face paint, and he goes, hey, so this is, uh, this is our octopus, he predicts the future, and so, you know, we give him a Sharpie, and he just checks off either the Packers or the Bears, and that's the person who uh, he thinks was going to win, and he's pretty good at it. He's predicted the past however many World Series, whatever. But... Uh-huh, yeah, you know, the classic, the, you know, everyone has the octopus fucking that can tell the future. Yeah, and while while he's giving this this long-winded uh-huh. speech, it zooms in on his face, and you can hear the audience laughing, so you know we pulled a card away, and when we <laughs> zoom out, it says, you will die in seven days. And Andrew's <laughs> face falls, mm-hmm. and the entire rest of the sketch, he needs to come to terms with the fact that he knows, because this is a psychic octopus, mm. he has seen things no man can see. Which is which is a line delivered by Dismukes. You have seen things no man can see, and so I will accept my fate. That's right. Oh, he makes his fucking my. I I think it's so funny because it's because like first off, you can tell that the animals love that like the octopus loves Andrew, and he takes no happiness in giving him this news because he's like, I have seen it; it cannot be changed. Farewell, the animals love it. Uh, well, yeah, it's, we'll get we'll get into the second animal when we get there. Because I think my favorite part is so that little bit ends and like they're getting the next animal set up and ready, and so Dismukes and Joe start vamping for a bit, and fucking, and uh, Joe is like, "Hey, uh, are you okay?" And Dismukes goes, "Yeah, I just I just thought he'd pick the Packers," <laughs> <laughs> which is just oh. 
Uh, if there's if there's one thing I love in comedy, it's when it's when instead of interacting with the weird thing, you've just accepted that as the not weird thing, and you <laughs> keep going with the other part of the bit. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's it's very strong. God, <laughs> it's uh, just an it's an excellent weekend update in the middle of a week that I I didn't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck it. Anyway, so we get the second animal on, and it's a dog that's having none of this. <laughs> not, e- not even not even in the sketch. The dog straight up turns away from the audience <laughs> to hide Just... himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, and this dog can talk, uh, where, where it hits its paws on uh, different buttons, and it reads out like a Stephen Hawking voice for uh, it to talk. And Andy goes... Hey, so uh, what's four plus four? And the dog, instead of answering what's four plus four, asks this Mukes if he is going to die. <laughs> to which this Mukes says, "Yeah, buddy, yeah." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they like God. This they express. Good. He expresses like, "Listen, like it's just my time, and I got to accept it because the psychic octopus said so." <laughs> God. Uh, you don't get shit this strong that mm-hmm, often. Mm-hmm. They, like they, tell you, they tell each other that they love each other. And my, I think my favorite part of it is while he's answering these questions, it, there's something about it where there's like, where it's really we're watching like fiction within fiction for this sketch. Yes. Because, because we're watching it as the audience, but we're watching a TV show in which this, in which uh, we're watching a sketch in which the actor is breaking within that world, so we've got there's like a few layers of abstraction to it because the joke isn't necessarily that Andrew Dismukes is going to die, but the joke is is that this is someone is watching this and watching an actual person come to terms with their morality, <laughs> which yeah. uh, and I think my favorite part of it is he tries to keep the show on the rails where he's like. Yes. What's four plus four after he answers everything on his question? Just, just one more time for old time's sake. Four plus four. And then the dog fucks with him and goes three. <laughs> oh, you know that's not, that's not it. Three. And you can tell that this mute's heart is just breaking in that fucking moment. <laughs> and then he goes, ah, I'm just messing with you. It's eight. He goes... <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and then that's a sign off. He's like, I'm going to die. <laughs> so good. Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot. Um, when Punky Johnson signed off, she yelled, I'm pregnant. <laughs> well, uh, we'll find out in the next less than nine months if it's true. Oh, no, no. That was that was. I know. I know a, that that's uh, bit, but. <laughs> one of those classic. Nobody asked you to do this, but you're doing it anyway. Sign off. Mm-hmm. That has got more than more than one person banned from weekend day. Ah, hey, Chris Red got unbanned. Oh. <laughs> uh. uh, anyway, yeah. So that was weekend update. Quality, quality weekend update. Yeah. No. Abs- excellent weekend update. Uh, so next up we get is uh, embarrass yourself in front of Santa the song. Oh, now this was a really strong one. Uh, do you know why it was a really strong one? Because Billie Eilish didn't have to act and instead just got to sing words. It's which true. Which she's it's true. very good at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Listen, it's a very simple concept in which it's just it's just uh, Billy, Kate McKinnon, and Ego uh, being like lounge singers, uh, singing about how they met Santa Claus and said fucking weird shit. <laughs> Billy Eilish yep. calls him a virgin. Ego calls him daddy. <laughs> and Kate McKinnon asks if if him not having kids was because of choice medical issue or the elves your kids and you're just trying for a tall one (laughs) then santa shows up and they're all weird to him and they end there's Mm -hmm. no good punchline it you know it's not a strong night we're not asking for that it was quality it was fine i'm happy yep (laughs) uh after that we get the third pre-tape of the night not even a please don't destroy sketch though uh theirs got cut for time somehow that's, I can't imagine. Because please don't... Dis- there is a floor to how bad a please don't disco- destroy sketch can be. And uh, every sketch tonight was below that floor. Yeah, but I feel like it would have been unfortunate to do four pre-tapes on a show called Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so this one is uh, Kyle's Holiday. And it starts with uh, Kyle Mooney awkwardly uh, oh, talking... This, was this one was quality. Awkwardly talking to uh, A.D. Bryant and Punky Johnson about Christmas. I, I should say, I, I'm talking a lot of shit. Nothing was that bad. It's just that nothing was great. No, no, no. We have to we have to hold SNL to a high standard. Yeah. Or no, else. I, just, I feel like every single time I keep talking shit and then one comes out of the, oh, this one's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, but we need, listen, listen, not everyone can be Siskel. Uh, anyway, so Kyle is, like, his awkward self around a bunch of, uh, SNL employees. My favorite was him being awkward in front of Bowen, where he's like, hey, Bowen, what are you doing for the holidays? And he said, my family's flying in. My family's flying in. So Kyle says, well, if the plane crashes and you want to hang out. (laughs) God, that's so good. Which, I think the funniest part for me was when I watched it live. My exact reaction was, oh, Jesus Christ, Kyle. And Bowen's reaction was just... Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> God, that was really cool. Anyway, so Kyle Mooney's sad that no one wants to hang out with him over uh, over Christmas, over the Christmas break that SNL has. Uh, and Billie Eilish comes to give him some Christmas cheer. And will be like, hey, listen, like 30 Rock has a lot of Christmas cheer for you because it's just being around people you love. And he goes, yeah, you know, there's Keenan, uh, there's Ago and Heidi. And 80, and uh, he lists off, like, you know, a few more cast members. I'm sad he didn't mention uh, Leslie, uh, old SNL alum Leslie Jones, because they had, because there was always a running joke in these types of sketches that they were dating, or that she loved him. Yes. Would have been great. Would have been a fun little cameo, but, you know, can't can't get everything you want. Uh, And then it turns, but not Mikey Day. (laughs) Yeah. And then Kyle goes into this huge fantasy about how he kidnaps Mikey Day and changes all of his roles to Kyle. <laughs> yep. But I also just like, and I made I said this during Mikey Day's a hell of a person to pick. I think that's just what because, makes like, it work. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it's, actually, it's, that's a good point. Because like at the end, and I get, it feels like it's part of the joke because at the end they replace him. Like they, they, oh, and he specifically says, um, yeah, I'll be the star of the show. 
And then they do at the very end, they show all of the great Mikey Day characters, (laughs) which is uh, Don Trump and then three people that don't have names. Uh, What do you mean? One of them is Matt Shat. (laughs) One of them famous, famous was disgruntled employee. Uh, Yeah. Listen, listen. Famous Mikey Day character, Matt Shat, (laughs) who was played by Mikey Day once and then someone else the other time, I believe. And Matt Chat, Matt Chat is a character from when they have uh, when they have someone who's uh, when they have a host who's known for their looks. Uh, they do they do the SNL classic where everyone reacts like you married this man, but you're so hot. The sketch, yeah. and that's Matt Chat. Matt Chat is this man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I think it ends. I think it ends on a solid note too, where. Uh, Billie Eilish, after hearing this horrifying Kyle Mooney, uh, I'm going to kidnap Mikey Day fantasy, uh, runs into Mikey Day, and she just tells him, quit the show, you're not safe here. Yeah. Solid way to end it. Kept it grounded in reality, which I think made it a lot more fun. Yes. You know, I, it's this was, uh, this was uh, one of the stronger, if not strongest, sketches of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move into Billie Eilish's second song. Uh, this one was very much more for the live audience. Uh, it was just her sitting on the ground and singing, like, a sorrowful, uh, breakup song. Uh, very good. Very low energy. I liked. I liked the subdued lighting for it. Uh, also, I think, like, you know, I know next to nothing about the music industry, but... It's one of those songs where it really shows off her actual vocal talents, as opposed sure. to like the song of Bad Guy where it's like da 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 da, like where she actually hits like an actual range of notes. Sure. Uh, all in all, good. Listen, Billie Eilish is an amazing performer. Uh, she's very good at music and singing. Not that good at acting, and it's okay. Crushing. Devastating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to our 10 minutes to 1 sketch, and we just get a classic, classic hotel ad sketch. It's it's the same with... It's the same as uh, when Dismukes and Sherman did the poop sketch, where it's just two people monotonely talking and saying weird shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and listen, Billy at this point is... Uh, struggling to get these lines out without giggling the entire time, which makes the sketch better. It does, yeah. No, it does make the sketch better. The sketch is very reminiscent to the I always I talk the about boat this one, a lot, the Swarovski right? crystal stuff. Oh uh, yeah, like, yeah, with, yeah. With like uh, two, and I think Kate McKinnon was uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh in all of those. Yes, uh, she's she she is she is one of she's the queen of just monotone weird sayings. Yeah, and it's it's a good sketch. It's a great time. Um, it is sad, uh, in this sketch, uh, Billie Eilish's brother, um... Outshines her. <laughs> outshines her acting potential in yeah. two lines. It's like three or four lines of the same idea. Uh, so pretty much they're talking about, like, oh, we have all these amenities, and if something happens at night, talk to our night manager. And then Phineas comes on as, uh, as the night manager... And he says, like, five lines where he's like, I will offer to get you Coke and Flake, 
I am chaos, and then he'd leave. And he delivered it way better than Billie Eilish delivered any line the, tonight. Eagle better than uh, uh, Andrew Dismukes, who would have played this role had he not been here, would have delivered it. Yeah, listen, listen. As it turns out, Phineas is an amazing actor. And I, and I look forward to seeing him in bit parts forever. Until, until eventually uh, Billie Eilish reaches the point where he can just play Billie Eilish's brother. And that'll That's be the right. joke. <laughs> uh, all right, Billy. Well, the the joke the joke exists that Phineas is probably a competent musician, probably a very good musician. They do they do write um, together, so I have to assume that at least some of like her musical talent is also Phineas. Yeah, and a much better actor. Um, and he will never, ever, ever ever be as famous as Billie Eilish. Not not in a million years. Not in a million billion years. Phineas Phineas could stop making music, go and star in a Tarantino, a Scorsese, uh, a Nolan. Francis Ford Coppola could come back from the dead and direct another film with Phineas as the lead, and he would never, ever... Are you Italian? I'm extremely Italian. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. It's just something... Some, some uh, about must, must just... some, something about how I only picked uh, vowels for last names of directors. <laughs> uh, fucking, he could star in all those films, and he wouldn't even scratch how famous Billy yeah. Eilish is. Absolutely. Uh, all right, He's so... very famous among people that love mob movies, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, even even then, he's no Ray Liotta. And Ray Liotta was only in one. <laughs> the only, the only role. Ray Liotta role of his lifetime was uh, 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 Henry Hill. Do you need the name too? Because I'm a walking encyclopedia of mob movie. No, Ray Liotta in ba- in B movie. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Ray Liotta's Private Select. <laughs> Still one of the best lines. Anyway, anyway sorry. Anyway, so. Uh huh. Uh. We're moving on to our awards. Uh, so we do awards every week. Uh, first up is the Offensive Player of the Week. Offensive Player of the Week is the person who came in with the most chutzpah uh, and provided the most forward momentum for a sketch. Uh, whether it be leading uh, or... Uh, generally, we keep uh, keeping things on rails to defensive players. So, yeah, pretty much the person who comes in with like the most just like performance... That you like, look, and you're like, oh, they act, they were the weird guy, they were the main person, and they nailed it. Uh, and for me, I'm going to go first. Andrew Dismukes is my offensive player of the week. Comes in strong with a good Chris Cuomo to compliment Pete's Andrew Cuomo. Comes in as a chameleon looking like Aristotle's kid. Solid line about how he's hitting the part in puberty where he, where he looks like a newborn giraffe and so he doesn't like the lake. Yep. Uh, nails it, like, uh, listen, I liked his twerking in the nativity scene. I thought it was funny. Sure. Uh, fucking, <laughs> his weekend update, if, if I, if I put update segments in consideration for sketch of the night, his update segment might be sketch of the night, but, so he gets offensive player from me for those reasons. Connor. For me, it's Kate McKinnon. That's fair, that's show fair. Back. She was in a lot of things, and whenever she was in a sketch, she was the star of the show, she was steering that ship. She was she and and she does weird. She's the weird one. She does weird. Mm-hmm. She she 
rules that sketch at the beginning. The she co- rules the cold open. She uh, she even though the uh, the window sketch runs too long, she she still it, mm-hmm. at no point is she boring. She mm-hmm. just it it's just it, it's too long. Uh, she uh, she does uh, uh, she is the reason why you can watch the last sketch. She just does. She's she's mm-hmm. excellent job. Excellent job. Yep. Uh, so defensive player of the week. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to? While well, you pull up the cast list. <laughs> no, no. I I remember the name of this person because we talked about them earlier. Ooh. All right, Connor. Who is your uh, defensive player of the week? For those who don't know, is uh, generally the person who keeps who saves bad sketches, who supports good sketches. Uh, with, uh, without them, the sketch would be different, but they aren't, like, the main character. They're generally the straight man in sketches and such. Uh, and Connor, for you, Defensive Player of the Week. Heidi Gardner played defense so hard this week. Like I said before, I, uh, it was, it was awe-inspiring seeing what she did to keep that ship afloat in the cake sketch of the week. Mm-hmm. She was she was a joy to watch. She was an excellent character. She went over the top in so many ways. It, it was so much fun to watch her. And there was a second sketch that she also kept alive, and I'm having trouble remembering it. But uh, it was a similar concept. Uh, I'll see if it can come to me, but more than once did she resurrect a sketch. Um, or at least put in a valiant enough effort to resurrecting a sketch that uh it was it was just it was a joy to watch her work Mm -hmm. uh so for me uh it's going to be kate mckinnon wins my defensive player of the week uh i think listen a lot of things that connor said about the about her being uh playing weird and being offense player of the week kind of rings true also for defensive player of the week i think the difference is without fauci the nih sketch can't exist uh the only sketch that she isn't in in the entire night are Kyle's Holiday, which is a pre-tape, and the Nativity Scene sketch, which, as noted before, is Cake Sketch of the Week. Uh, she saves Embarrassed by Santa. Yes. Uh, by, like, giving us the little, like, in-between bits. Uh, she, like you said, she keeps, uh, she keeps the uh, lonely christmas night sketch alive she's the only reason the hotel sketch stays together even if she is also causing billy to break by poking her in the arm <laughs> but that's even better mm-hmm. that's causing yep. billy to break causes billy to have fun and billy having fun is fun for all of us yeah listen people love to see people having fun yeah it's why let's plays exist on youtube <laughs> true uh so she's my defensive player of the week for that now we move on to sketch of the night. This is the best. Uh, this is generally the best sketch of the night. The sketch that, that that made you feel the best, that you love, that you, not necessarily the sketch that you'll go back to, but like probably a sketch that you're gonna go back to and watch when you need a quick laugh. Yeah. Uh, sure. Connor, do you have your sketch of the night yet? I do. I do. All right. Can and you go I first. Know you while... don't count them? Oh. Yeah. Like, no. 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 You go first because I need to actually think. Okay. Well, I've got, uh, okay, the, I count them, mm-hmm. and I, I think that it is to the episode's detriment when I need to pull this out, but Weekend Update was Sketch of the Week. It was an especially strong Weekend Update, and it needs to be noted, 
but it's a bad week where weekend update is sketch of the week. Yeah. Listen, weekend and, up, yeah, weekend update has the lowest floor of any of any segment that SNL does. Just because it's it's all it's real high. easy. Oh yeah, yeah, it has the highest floor. Uh, just because it's super easy to do. All I mean, like obviously easy to do. You have you have to be funny. Yeah, uh, no, the, there's. But that's it. You just have to be funny. You have to know how to write one-liner jokes based off of news headlines. There's a reason. There's a reason why Weekend Update created the Daily Show, The Colbert Report, and Last Week Tonight, and all of those. It's because it's like it has a very high floor, and people enjoy it. And also, it's just it's. A bunch of you have a bunch of incredibly funny, talented people all working in a building together, watching the same news. Mm-hmm. Like someone's gonna, someone's gonna have a joke. Three people are gonna have a joke over the headline of this morning, and they'll pitch it to Weekend Update. And we get like, there's so much selection going on in Weekend Update that it has, it, it's it's probably the most workshopped just by virtue of the fact that everybody's already joking. Yeah, about everything. Uh, yeah, so uh, for me, I'm gonna go with the Christmas card sketch. I think that it's Ooh. I think that it's textbook SNL. Uh, I generally I like to do live uh, live sketches as my sketch of the night because I think doing pre tape kind of invalidates what SNL really is supposed to be, which is live comedy. Sure, it's all right, fine. I uh, listen, listen. Sometimes listen. If shit's bad, then like sometimes the pre tape wins. But I think Christmas card is good enough that it can beat out the other. Uh, that it can beat out Kyle's Holiday Sad. for my Kyle's Holiday would have won if I didn't do weekend. Kyle's mm-hmm. Holiday is really solid. Yeah, Kyle's Holiday is very solid. Uh, I think Christmas Cards is very good. I really liked... It has Billie Eilish's strongest uh, acting performance, except yeah. for except for maybe Lonely Night, but that's mainly because she doesn't have to act. She has to hold a card that acts for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is this is... She plays an actual character of the catty bitch in high school who's now super successful and married and like you know nice home millionaire status that kind of stuff uh we get we get snl's classic character carousel and it just it's it even though even though it might be a little long it's still great it hits the right notes for everything uh and so that's why it's my sketch of the week all right uh, so, next week we've got Paul Rudd and, uh, I forget who's, who's... Oh, is this Eminem? It's not Eminem. I can tell you right now it's not Eminem. Okay. Uh, let me just look that up real quick. Oh, uh, it was, uh, XVX, right? XCX. Oh, is it? Someone XCX. I, I, I don't know them, but... Uh, oh, anyway, it's Paul Rudd and someone else. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, I think my screen froze, so we've just got you. Uh, yeah, my screen 100% froze for the end of this episode, so that's fun. But we've got Paul Rudd uh, to close it out. Uh, and then we'll have Christmas break. And over Christmas break, uh, I think we're going to be releasing at least one episode for Kyle Mooney's new Netflix show. Check it out. It's called Saturday Morning All-Star Cartoon Hits or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so, Connor, anything to add for the end? Ah, oh, shit, did you actually fucking... <laughs> oh, God damn it. All right. Oh, wait, you're back. Because of that shit we said about China. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh. All right, dope. Uh, so, Connor, anything to add? I'm, I nope. guess I gotta All cut right. this. All right, cool. Guess I gotta cut this into something. <laughs> or leave it all because we're an unprofessional organization. Yes. Yep, I think that's the answer. All right. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Uh, have a wonderful time. We'll see you next week for Paul Rudd's uh, Christmas episode. Uh, and until then, have a happy holiday. Everyone stay safe and support local comedy. Have a good night. <laughs>